By removing Donald Trump from the ballot in Colorado, Colorado may have guaranteed that Donald Trump's going to win Colorado. <laughs> What's up? This is this is Mark K. Saves the Republic. You know, the Democrats, it, it, everything they do seems to just blow up in their face. Everything they do seems to backfire on them. I don't know if they're I don't know if they're doing that on purpose. I don't know. It almost seems like they want Donald Trump to win, doesn't it? It almost seems like every time they do something to keep Donald Trump from winning, it helps Donald Trump win and win and win. Just gets closer and closer to victory. And what happened in Colorado, see, because here's the thing. When you when you have when you have somebody as unpopular as Joe Biden, when you have somebody as popular as Donald Trump, when you have a situation where the country is in peril, economic peril, legal uh, law and order peril, sa the safety of this country is terrible, military peril. When you have all of this happening and you look at what's going on around the country, uh, you know, you don't have a happy electorate. You don't have a bunch of people going, wow, this president's awesome. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to bring him back for four more years. That's not that's not going on. Um, and so what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're not emboldening your 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 political adversary, which is Donald Trump. And that's everything they do. Every time they try to make a martyr of this guy uh, or every time rather they try to assassinate this guy's character and his uh, political future, they just continue. They just continue to make him more and more of a martyr. And when they make him more and more of a martyr, uh, he just becomes stronger and stronger candidate. And that's exactly what's happening. We we chatted yesterday with Laura Trump and I'm going to um, I should probably take a moment to remember to remind everybody that next week. We're off celebrating the Christmas holidays. Yay, Jesus. Uh, we're off celebrating Christmas. Monday is actually Christmas Day, the 26th, the 27th, the 28th, and the 29th. We're off. Um, I, I'm going to do some podcasts, though. We had an interview with Laura Trump yesterday, and uh, it was really it went really well. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to replay that next week if you missed it, and we'll just isolate the Laura Trump interview. Also, we had a great interview with Mike Waltz where he tried to explain his position on the NDAA, so we're going to isolate that. We'll take some of our other best of clips and turn them into interviews. So if you missed any of those interviews or if you never heard them or if you want to hear them again, that's uh, that's what we'll put in place of for next week. So there may not be brand new episodes of Marquee Saves the Republic, but there will be content that you can listen to every single day because we know that's important. Um, and then we'll be back on January the 2nd. Just no holds barred, man. Just bam, right into 2024. Just bam, bam. This is me just pound. Listen, this is I'm just going to pound every day in 2020. That sounded... That sounded dirtier than that. I mean, I'm just gonna, we're just going to work hard. We're just going to hammer away at 2024 every single day, bringing you the news and the information and the entertainment and the inspiration you need um, You need to keep going. So but anyway, but back to Donald Trump. So Donald Trump gets kicked off the ballot in Colorado, and Laura Trump immediately cited a Frank Luntz survey that said in the 24 hours that Donald Trump uh, has been kicked off the ballot, in the 24 hours since Colorado kicked Donald Trump off the ballot, he gained five percentage points. No lie. That's no joke, as uh, Joe Biden would say. He gained five percentage points just by being kicked off the ballot in Colorado. So what they wanted was to make sure Donald Trump would not win the election. But in, what they've done instead is make sure more people want to vote for him. Again, the government, the Democrats, big government, the biggest problem that they have is, the biggest problem that they have is that they believe, <laughs> it's, it's so weird, they believe that telling if they tell people what to do, people are going to want to do it. And I think this is I think this is um, left over from COVID. It's like a COVID hangover. COVID was so scary to so many people. This Wuhan flu, this pandemic, people were 
dropping dead. They stopped breathing. You know, anyone with a comorbidity was basically a goner. And so during COVID, the, the Democrats, they seized an opportunity, man. They snatched an opportunity to tell people what to do. And people just blindly listened. Put on a mask. Stay home. Don't go to school. Don't go to work. Wipe down your groceries. Get the booster. Get the shot. Get the booster. Get another booster. People were doing it. They were going nuts. The government was able to just tell them what they could and could not do. And because they were afraid of dying, people were doing exactly what the government told them. Well, now people aren't doing that anymore. And the government can no longer just tell people what to do, especially when it comes to who to vote for. The government's, if you tell, if the government comes in and says, hey, you can not vote for Donald Trump, it's going to make more people vote or want to vote for Donald Trump. And it happens over and over again, and it's happening in Colorado. Fun fact, California is now trying the same thing. You had, uh, there was a letter written to the Secretary of State of California, um, and it was a, an urging to use the Colorado case to institute legal uh, proceedings in California to keep Donald Trump off the ballot in California as well. Fun fact, if you do that, you're just going to push more people to want to vote for Donald Trump in California. In fact, the more that the Democrats push back, it, 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 this could be another, this could be another Reagan second term where Donald Trump wins every state except for one. It was Ronald Reagan won every state except for Minnesota and the District of Columbia. <laughs> now, uh, I think that Donald Trump could be the next closest thing to win it to just, I mean, uh, just wiping the floor with everybody. Also, as far as this case goes to the Supreme Court, I see all these Democrat publications writing, this could be the end of Trump's um, presidency. This could destroy Donald Trump's, you know, uh, candidacy. Donald Trump may be forced off the ballot in every state. This is not going to happen. The more and more I see legitimate legal experts and legitimate legal scholars and legitimate people who've argued in front of the Supreme Court on multiple occasions and know what the heck they're talking about. Oh, and fun fact, who have also read the Constitution of the United States of America, the more I see that um, and listen to those people, the more I realize this case is, a, is ridiculous. It is clearly politically motivated. It's clearly uh, psychotic. And these justices are just whack job leftists in Colorado who are, are, again, trying to use their power to make their political maneuvers uh, or their political desires come true. They see that they have the power to keep Donald Trump off the ballot in Colorado. They believe it'll create a domino effect across the country. They think they're heroes to the socialist left. But instead, all they're doing is they're feeding the beast. And the Supreme Court of the United States of America, I believe, is just going to they're going to laugh this one out of court. Um, Alan Dershowitz who's a Democrat, Alan Dershowitz, during an appearance on Newsmax TV's National Report on Wednesday, said uh, the Colorado court's 4-3 ruling misinterpreted the 14th Amendment, which he said laid out the process that Congress would enact, not a state court. In the 60 years I've been practicing and teaching law, I've never seen a decision that's so anti-democratic and so unconstitutional, Dershowitz said. It is absurd. The idea that the 14th Amendment was supposed to substitute for the impeachment provision carefully drafted by the framers is wrong. If you want to impeach a president, if you want to make him not able to run in the future, there's a provision, he continued. It requires a two-thirds vote of the Senate, but the idea that the framers of the 14th Amendment intended to circumvent that carefully drawn provision and simply allow any state to make up grounds for denying him the right to be on the ballot undercuts democracy. Dershowitz also said he anticipated the U.S. Supreme Court would overturn the Colorado decision. The amount of holes in this thing 
the amount of holes on this thing is just ridiculous. The other uh, problem is that the Colorado Supreme Court was using testimony and evidence from the January 6th committee for their insurrection claim. The Colorado Supreme Court cited the January 6th committee, among other highly partisan sources, in arriving at its conclusion Tuesday that former President Donald Trump had committed insurrection. As Breitbart News reported, a 4-3 majority agreed with the hitherto obscure argument, yada, 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 yada. Uh, the majority held the Trump, yada, yada, yada. Uh, where is it? So the Colorado Supreme Court turned to other sources, including familiar Democratic talking points. It claimed, for example, that Trump created a general atmosphere of political violence, citing flippant rhetoric from rally speeches and even the false claim that Trump told the far-right Proud Boys to stand back and stand by during a debate. Among the sources the court considered was the January 6th committee, a one-sided committee that was handpicked by then-Speaker Nancy Pelosi. The committee interviewed witnesses behind closed doors without an adversarial process. Its hearings were scripted, had no cross-examination. The Colorado Supreme Court said the district court, which originally admitted evidence from the January 6th committee, did not air because, after all, there were two Republican members on the committee. So I'd like to take you back a little bit to the January 6th committee, where Nancy Pelosi said, we're going to have a January 6th committee. And she wandered over to Kevin McCarthy's office and said, who would you like on the committee? And he said, I'd like Jim Jordan. And she goes, stop right there. No way. She denied, for the first time ever, denied the Republican committee appointees. So then Kevin McCarthy said, well, if you're not going to take the people that I'm appointing to the committee, then no Republicans are going to be on this committee. Enter Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, who saw a bright future for themselves as anti-Trump-hating CNN advocates and, and authors and, and never-Trumpers. Because, never look, never-Trump is a big business. There's two big businesses in this world right now, being Trump and being anti-Trump. If you're, if you're solidly pro-Trump, you can make a lot of money, you can get a lot of influence, you can go around there, you can connect with people, and you can do amazing things. If you're anti-Trump, you can do the same thing. There's just as many crazy lunatic Trump haters out there who are willing to give you a platform and listen to your rhetoric and listen to your lies and buy your books and your T-shirts and your crap. And so uh, she said, look, I'm not going to be pro-Trump. That, that market's saturated. I'm going to go ahead and be anti-Trump, join this committee and pave a golden path into my, into my third act. And that's exactly what she's doing. It's exactly what Adam Kinzinger's uh, been doing as well. He he volunteered to leave Congress and went on went on CNN. So when you look at the committee, it's flawed to say that it's a bipartisan committee. It's a group of people who hate Donald Trump of both parties who were doing everything they could to try to stop him politically. And the fact that a Supreme Court would cite the January 6th committee as a means of proof that Donald Trump created or started an insurrection is laughable. And that's what everybody seems to be looking at. So it doesn't appear, again, I, you never know with these Supreme Court justices, it doesn't appear that uh, there'll be any problems. And the good news, of course, is that if and when, if and when uh, this Supreme Court, with the Supreme Court takes up um, this case, if and when that happens, and they find that Donald Trump did not commit insurrection, then that clears him from every other insurrection case. If the Supreme Court comes back and says, there is no, there is no uh, evidence whatsoever that Donald Trump committed insurrection. He should be 100% on uh, the ballot in every state. 
then what's going to happen is he's going to be on the ballot in every state. And that whole insurrection case is going to be closed. Another backfire for the Democrats. I want to read you this other thing about um, things that are unconstitutional. For example, Jack Smith, who is the special counsel. There's a big, there's a big hubbub. They're arguing in front of the Supreme Court about Jack Smith today, too, because apparently Jack Smith, uh, his whole appointment, his whole job, his whole reason for being is unconstitutional. Uh, Stephen Calabresi writes, on November 18th, 2022, Attorney General Merrick Garland purported to appoint private citizen Jack L. Smith to be a special counsel with the power of one of the 93 U.S. attorneys, uh, but with nationwide jurisdiction. This makes Jack Smith more powerful than any of the U.S. attorneys, even though they have been Senate confirmed to their particular offices and Jack Smith has not. According to the U.S. Constitution, special counsels and officers of this office must be confirmed. They must be appointed by the president and confirmed by the Senate. Guess who was not appointed by the president? Guess who was not confirmed by the Senate? If you guess Jack Smith, you are right. Appointees under these regulations, uh, the appointment of Robert S. S. Mueller, for example, to investigate the Trump campaign were patently unlawful for reasons set forth in great detail. So now you've got the Supreme Court arguing a case that not only could clear Donald Trump of these, these uh, ridiculous insurrection charges, or they will be as soon as this appeal is officially filed and they've taken it up. And then the second part of that is Jack Smith's whole investigation may go kaputs. They may have to dismiss every charge and indictment against Jack Smith because he's not even supposed to have that job because Merrick Garland didn't follow the Constitution, which this all. And look, it's I hear people say these dumb Democrats, they haven't even read the Constitution. They've read the Constitution. They probably know the Constitution better than a lot of people, because if you are trying to circumvent the Constitution, if you're trying to avoid uh, the particular tenets of the Constitution, if you're trying to in a in a very clever and dastardly way, get what you want, even though it's unconstitutional, you have to know the Constitution inside and out. And the other thing they know is they know how the system works. This isn't the first time that we've seen the Democrats run this play. In fact, I always point back the perfect example of this, uh, of this egomaniacal uh, bass backwards way of conducting yourself as a chief executive. I always point back to the CDC's illegal and unlawful moratorium, uh, the eviction moratorium. And this is the pro this is how Joe Biden and the Democrats do things. They say, OK, what do we want to do? Well, we want to make sure that people don't get evicted during covid. All right. Do we have the actual legal authority to do that? No, we don't. OK, well, how do we make it sound convincing enough that we do have the authority to do that? Well, there's a pandemic. The CDC is in charge of pandemics, making sure that we don't you know, spread diseases. Maybe we could say the CDC is ordering an eviction moratorium because if people are thrown out of their houses and they have to go to shelters, then they're going to spread COVID around the shelters and more Americans will die. Does the CDC have that power? Not really. Okay, great. Let's do it anyway. So the CDC comes out with an eviction moratorium and they say it's illegal. You can no longer evict people during COVID. And the landlords are like, wait, what? These people aren't going to work because the government said you can't go to work. They aren't getting money because the government said you can't get any money. They can't pay their rent because the government said you can't make the money to pay your rent. And now they're telling the landlords, oh, BT dubs, sorry, Keith, you can't evict these people either because it's a national health crisis. So nobody's working. Nobody's paying rent. The landlords are losing their shirts. The banks are in dire straits because mortgages are, are being recalled and houses are going under and 
and, you know, there's bankruptcies out the yin yang. So all of a sudden, somebody goes to court and says, they don't even have the power to do this. This is illegal. 150% illegal. And the Supreme Court looks at it and says, okay, yes, this is illegal. But here's the weird thing. The Supreme Court said it's illegal, but it expires in like two weeks. So we'll just let it expire. And Joe Biden, CDC, don't do this again. So they let it go on for two more weeks. It expired. And you know what Joe Biden did? He said, wow, that was easy. Let's do it again. And they continued with a brand new eviction moratorium. And they had to go back to court. And this all took so much time. It was a year and a half before anyone told Joe Biden and the CDC, you don't have this power. And the Supreme Court finally said, okay, fool us once, shame on you. Fool us twice, or shame on me, whatever it is. So they, they, they put it into it. But it worked, and Joe Biden knew it worked, and he admitted it in a press conference. He said, well, we're going to try it again. It's probably going to get shut down by the court, but we're going to do it anyway. They know they're breaking the law. In Colorado, this Supreme Court knew it was unconstitutional to keep uh, Joe, uh, Donald Trump off the ballot. They don't care. They know the legal process takes time to maneuver. It takes time to go through the motions. And they're trying to, they're trying to wrap up Donald Trump and his campaign in so much legal mumbo-jumbo that they know it's going to take time to unravel it all. In this case, however, I believe time is on the side of Donald Trump. I believe that the Supreme Court's going to push this back past the primary date and he'll remain on the ballot. And then they're going to come in and say, look, there's no, there's no there there. But, but the Democrats, they do this all the time. They break the law knowing they're breaking the law and knowing that they have a certain amount of time, a year, year and a half, maybe two years at the most until the Supreme Court says, you can't do that. Please stop. And think of all the damage they've been able to do in that year and a half. A year and a half of student debt repayment, which they don't constitutionally have the right to do. Think about how much money they can spend in that year and a half before the lawsuits and the appeals are filed and the Supreme Court finally comes out and says, wait a minute, you've paid how many billions of dollars in student loan relief? You don't actually have that constitutional authority. And then they go, oh, okay, sorry. But the damage is already done. The money's been paid and they're not getting it back. Uh, it's all part of their plan. They're robbing the bank, okay? They're, they're, they're robbing the bank. They're kidnapping the, the country. They're doing things they know they have no right legally to do, but they're doing it until they get caught. It's, it's, it's like stealing cable, <laughs> you know? You, you, or you're, you're, you steal the cable from your neighbor. Or I, I guess now it's the Netflix. You're using the net, you're some, you're, your aunt, your uncle, your buddy gives you their Netflix information and you're watching the Netflix and you're enjoying the Netflix and you know it's not, you know what's wrong. You're not paying for the Netflix. You're not, that's not your Netflix. You're not watching The Summer I Turned Pretty on your own account. You're not watching OBX season three, uh, you know, for free. I mean, you are watching it for free, but you know you're not paying for it. And then all of a sudden you go to Netflix and what happens? Oh, your neighbor, your uncle, your friend, your buddy, they changed their password. Networks found out what was, Netflix found out what was going on and they made them change their password. And they said, if you share your password with anyone else, we're canceling your account. So all of a sudden you're SOL. It's the same thing. Joe Biden and the Democrats and the Colorado Supreme Court, they're just watching OBX season three. They're watching Ozark. They're watching, you know, whatever else is on Netflix. They're watching all that crap. And they're just waiting for the day that they turn on the TV and the passwords change. And they go, oh, well, we got to go find somebody else to give us their password. Uh, listen, this was great. Don't forget, the untold story of Christmas is still available. It's available through Christmas Day. It will not ship before Christmas. I mean, it'll ship, but you probably won't get it before Christmas. But I'd love for you to get a copy. And 
Also, if you would like the the audio copy, me reading this book along with the PDF copy so you can follow along, then get it, man. Get it. The Untold Story of Christmas.com. The Untold Story of Christmas.com is where you can get that. And tomorrow, uh, we got another fantastic podcast. Next week, we'll have a, a handful of great podcast episodes for you. And now, like I said, we're going to be we're going to be pounding. No. What did I say we were going to do? We're going to be knocking them out, out of the park. In, that sounds that just sounds so dirty. Uh, knocking them out of the park in 2024 because that's the year when it all comes down. The final countdown, the final battle. That's when we fight. That's when we win. That's when we all save the republic.